Well, because a certain team had one of the most brutal collapses you'll see in the month of September, it's our first Mailbag Monday of the offseason. This should be interesting. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Monday, October 2nd, 2023. This is Tidding Gonzalez and Colby Pattenhead for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. This is Mailbag Monday, the show where we answer your Mariners questions. And we got 86 replies to our tweet looking for questions yesterday. So we might end up doing a part two. We'll see. Because we're only going to be able to get to about eight of them today and we're going to start with gregory wants to know and this was obvious that this was going to be the first question how much did you love cal's comments how much did you hate his unnecessary apology i don't think we need to go over what gregory is talking about here i think we all know unless you've been living under a rock what cal raleigh had to say after the mayors were officially eliminated on saturday night so colby thoughts on all of it I mean, no lies detected. Um, it was definitely a shot at the trade deadline. Uh, it was definitely a shot at the winter. Um, and it's definitely a shot at, uh, you know, everybody who makes decisions or has a say in, in player acquisition, which is obviously, you know, everybody in the front office and ownership. Uh, it's, it's pretty clear, you know, he didn't mince words or anything like that. Um, and again, he didn't lie. He didn't, he didn't make anything up. It's all stuff we've already known and we've said, uh, and you know, now this time a player said it and, and he was backed up, you know, yesterday by JP and Ty France among others. So, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody had any issue with what he had to say. In fact, I don't think Scott service had an issue with what he had to say. I kind of doubt that, uh, that Jerry or that Jerry and Justin had an issue with what he wanted to, what he had to say. Um, I mean, I know he apologized kind of, uh, you know, yesterday, but I don't think that's an apology that was, you know, asked for by Scott service. I don't think that's an apology that was, uh, mm. asked for by the front office. I think that was an apology that was demanded <laughs> from, uh, you know, people who are Scott's bosses. Uh, and so, uh, right. yeah, I, I, I don't have an issue with what he said, the apology, it, meant nothing because he doesn't believe it we know he doesn't and he shouldn't uh you know and and the very fact that he said yeah i apologize for that but uh i'm not apologizing for wanting to win is yeah i'm apologizing but i'm not apologizing and he shouldn't because he didn't say anything wrong um you know you want players who want to win you want players who uh you know are are willing to criticize uh people in Mm. power who uh Mm who are preventing mm-hmm. them from, you know, reaching their goal. And their goal happens to be the same as our goal as fans. And that's to win a world series. So, right. uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, I have no issues with what he said. Um, I'm not blaming Scott for like, you know, I saw some people taking like, Oh, Scott made him apologize. And it was like, did Scott make him apologize or. Right. Did, um, yeah. 
I, I, I think Scott could have handled it a little bit better when he talked to the media. Sure. I know he's obviously not going to come out and just outright say like, yeah, Cal's right. Like, cause Scott's getting yeah. fired immediately if he says that. Um, but he kind of framed it in a way where it's like Cal was wrong. You know, it was at the height of his emotions, yada, yada, yada. I, right. he, he said didn't need to he say that. Yeah. He of... didn't need to say that. He didn't need to say that. Um, no. so I, I found that kind of disappointing from Scott. Um, but yeah, loved, loved what Cal said. Cause this mm-hmm. is obviously what's on everyone's minds. Uh, yeah. and this is obviously nothing that's coming as a surprise to Scott service or the rest of that clubhouse. These are feelings that I think it's safe to assume are shared across the board in that clubhouse. Um, right. ever since the, ever since the deadline and, and probably since before that as well, I'm, I'm sure there were a lot of people that took issue with, mm-hmm. um, the off season, uh, in that clubhouse as well. So, right. I mean, you remember the discussion we had back after the deadline where it's like, is there some kind of, you know, tension building between the front office and Scott? Because Scott wasn't mincing words either. I mean, he did it in the most, you know, uh, you know, politically correct or whatever like way he could, but right. he questioned the the deadline and he wanted more help. And and I think it was, was a cow who also said after the deadline, like, man, that uh, it sucks to lose Paul and not bring anybody in. Uh, to, you know, yeah. and, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, this is, this is something that I, there's a clear tension between, uh, you know, the players and, and the front office. And that's, that's not unique to Seattle. Let's just make that very clear. That's certainly right. not unique to Seattle. It's not a, a situation that Scott is, you know, going at alone or anything like that. This is, this is a tension that exists throughout all of baseball, but, uh, right. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the idea that, that, you know, Cal threw his teammates under the bus or anything. No, quite the opposite. <laughs> no. Cal believes in this, this team is a, more than the front office does and more than ownership does. That's yeah, what. this is I've seen a lot of comparisons made between this and like the George Kirby thing down in Tampa, and those are very different situations, yep. in my opinion. Um what one last thing that I want to add, and and look, I get what Cal is saying, and and he's just using the Rangers as a very easy example. Uh, but I know there are fans out there that are looking at the Rangers and say, I want the Mariners to be that. And you, you really, you really don't, you really don't, don't because like, while they have spent a lot of money, which is good in general, right? Generally speaking, spending sure. money is good. Uh, some of what they've done in terms of spending and, and just their overall aggressiveness on the trade market as well has been kind of stupid, right? Like getting in bed with someone like Araldis Chapman and trading a, what looks to be a top of the rotation starter who could legitimately help them right now. Stupid. Anyone with half a brain cell knew that the Jacob deGrom contract would go horribly. <laughs> like, yeah, given all the reports about his elbow before he even hit free agency. Like, mm-hmm. you could see the writing on the wall with some of those things. Like, the Rangers have, like, it's worked out with Simeon. It's worked out with Seager, which is great. Good for them. But some of what they've done feels like they're just spending money for the sake of spending money. I want the Mariners to spend more than, more than they have in a very long time. But I want them to do it intelligently. I want them to do it only when it makes sense for them right. to do it. Uh, two two things real fast on that. We're not we could spend the whole segment on on this, and yeah. we will spend we will have conversations like this pretty much every day for the next you know uh, three yeah. four months. Uh, but the Rangers aren't the model you want to follow. It's it's the Braves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. First and foremost, and the Braves will spend money, but the Braves also develop their own and they acquire players via trade, not really free agency. But uh, aside from that, also. Uh, let's not pretend that the Rangers are only standing here because of the money they spent. 
Nathaniel Lowe was a trade and they developed him. Uh, Adolis Garcia develop, trade develop. Uh, Josh Young develop. I mean, you look at uh, Leotis Tavares develop. Jonah Heim develop. Like, yeah, they they didn't just go out and buy a team that won what one more game than Seattle, two more games in Seattle. Right. They didn't just do that. Right. They, well, and, they and that's the thing. Good right? pieces, it's like, but the core of that team is is built on the farm system and trades. Right. Like and that, most and... good teams are. And that's the thing, right, is that they've spent all this money and the Mariners are not that far behind them still. And you look at that roster overall and it's like, who really thinks that they're going to go and win a World Series this October? Like, there's still a lot of work that they even have to do despite Mm -hmm. all the money they've spent. So it's not just about spending money. You're not just going to magically snap your fingers and all of a sudden there's a World Series in your hand. Like, you have to be, you have to use money as a tool rather than it being the catalyst of your roster build. So go again, ask, like, like you said, the Padres, how easy it is to buy a World Series. Go ask the Mets how easy it is to buy a World Series. Right. There's no rhyme or reason to to building a roster, to building a World Series contender. Uh, but the the Rangers are definitely not the um, the model of roster building. Like some fans, some Mariners fans seem to be treating them as such. And so, yep. just wanted to get that out of the way because I, I I don't look at the Rangers and say that's what the Mariners need to aspire to be. I I don't really look at any team. I, I think the Mariners are just going to do it in their own way, and that's what I would prefer. But they do have to be willing to spend money when it makes sense yep. for them. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's get into more of your questions. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. So forget planning months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem promo code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on the first Mailbag Monday of the 2023-24 offseason. We are 10 and a half minutes in, and we've only answered one question, so we're off to a great start. Let's get back into these questions. Yeah, brevity is not our strong suit. You guys know what the deal is, though. All right, Garrett wants to know, should we hope and or expect that this result will compel John Stanton to actually let Jerry DePoto and Justin Hollander do their jobs uh no hope, next question hope yes expect that no <laughs> absolutely not uh hope for the best expect the worst i i guess that, that's kind of where i'm at with just this. just expect you know the rich sports owner to not actually care about how good his team is yeah no the answer is no you shouldn't expect that yeah shouldn't i mean expect well that. You should expect it, but you you shouldn't. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You should demand it, it, but you you shouldn't shouldn't expect expect that it's going to that it's going to change things. That it's going to give him the kick in the ass. Some people think this will, right? I'm sure that's probably not going to happen. I'm sure he's going to create another ten thousand dollar box that you know ninety nine point nine 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 eight percent of fans will never see. Right, including myself. Yeah, good use of money. Yep, nice. All right, next question. 
Mariners Jersey Tracker wants to know, now that it is the off season, where are you officially at with what to do with Teoscar Hernandez? <laughs> oh, it's the age old question, Colby. Well, we're now at the end of the season. We now have the full context sure. of Teo's 2023 season. Uh, for me, I'm still a little bit on the fence, but I'm I'm leaning mostly to letting him walk. I, I think I'm pretty firm on not giving him the qualifying offer at this point. Um but I'm interested in an extension still. I don't know. Because, like, think about I'm, it like this. I'm right? kind of like, the opposite. It, well, but here's the thing, right? Is like, if he does take the QO, it's $20 million, which I, I think is a, le- there's a legitimate chance of him taking the QO at this point. Yeah. So that's going to be roughly $20 million. If John Stanton goes to Jerry DePoto and Justin Hollander and says, you have like $40 million to work with in terms of 2024 payroll to be added this offseason, and that's probably even being generous. <laughs> like, and that's just where I'm at pessimistically but if Mm -hmm. that's what it is right then that's half of your your available budget for 2024 i'm probably not doing that because essentially you're you're just running it back and like well i think that teo is definitely better than this and i think he's going to have a great year wherever he goes i i do i really do believe that i don't think this is who he is now i really don't think this is who he is i just i don't know if that's necessarily worth spending 20 million dollars on if you're the mariners two years in a row he's he's had you know less than what you would expect type of seasons uh, yeah but he didn't do this he's so. 31 like he's on the wrong side of 30 i'm actually the opposite of you i'm not really interested in an extension if you know if he wants to play here for one more year fine whatever um but i'm i'm not giving to oscar three years i'm not giving him four years because if he just declines yeah. another 10%, like he did, you know, from 2021 to 2022, from 2022 to 2023, if he declines another 10%, I'm paying, you know, $80 million over the next, well, okay, like what, $55 million over the next three or four years for a guy who's going to be a league average bat who, who isn't really a good defender. Right. Uh, well, I, I'd much rather it, have him it, on a one year deal. Yeah. I, I, I guess like for me, it would be two year deal or nothing. I don't think he's. Ta- I think he'll probably look for a three. Yeah. Like, why he, should he? He's probably, why should he take anything less than what Hanniger got? Honestly, I think he's going to go back to Toronto. If I had to guess, I could see it. Um, yeah, which is fine by me. Uh, Teoscar is a guy who's quickly heading towards DH only. Um, the strikeouts are, are an issue, and again, it's three years in a row his WRC plus has dipped by at least ten points. Um, he's he's fine. Like, I think he's if he's a $14 million a year, one year stop gap. Fine. Uh, yeah. you do worse. And, uh, I, I don't know where I stand on the qualifying offer. If, the, if Seattle gives it to him, like, fine, I'm not going to crucify them right. for it. If they don't and they let them walk fine, I'm not going to, you know, get on their case about it. Um, right. this is kind of one of those ones where you have to trust the, the, you know, the baseball ops people and, you know, understand yeah. that overall they've done a good job. Uh, so, you know, one way or another, and there's no guarantee he takes it. I think he probably would, but yeah, if, if Teoscar again, if I get Teoscar back for one year, fine. Like, yeah, no, I'm I'm cool with that in a vacuum. But again, if you only have so many dollars to work mm-hmm. with, and you think there's right. a real chance that he's going to accept the qualifying offer, you probably shouldn't do it because right. you, you you can't can afford more. to just run it back. You no, can't you, afford to just run it. You back. You can get more for twenty million dollars than yeah a two win right fielder. Yeah, for twenty million dollars, I can go get a seventh inning bullpen arm. I can go get, yep. you know, uh, I could probably go get a two win outfielder. 
Uh, yep. You know, it, maybe they don't do it with home runs and RBIs, but I can probably go get, you know, a, a guy who's going to make eight to $10 million and give me two wins, you right. know, in, in right field. And I can go get a, somebody to take some pressure off of brash and I can, and I could go get somebody who, you know, sits on the bench and, and is, you know, useful and not prone to go six for his last 82 or whatever Dylan Moore did down the stretch. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you could do more with $20 million. So if, if there is any kind of like serious financial constraints placed yeah. on this, in this ball club, then yeah, I'd, I'd rather spend the 20 million elsewhere. But if there's a real relatively open budget and Teoscar is brought back for, you know, somewhere in that $20 million range, as long as it's on a short term deal, I'm like, okay, like that yeah. could work. Yeah. All right. Next question here comes from Allison. Is there any realistic way fans and players can hold ownership accountable for lack of spending on payroll? Also considering increase in 2024 season ticket prices, even though 2023 revenue and uh, ticket sales were favorable, does a regional media play a role in front office accountability? So that's a, a multifaceted question. As far as the players, no. I mean, the, the players aren't really going to do anything outside of what, you know, cal did on on saturday night that's really the extent of it right because guys still want to have a job right like they can't go they can't step too far over the line um that's about as as big as you can go with it from a player standpoint as for fans don't go to the games don't buy merchandise don't buy tv packages that's really all you can do will it actually have an impact i mean if enough of you do it maybe but in general Probably not, but if you don't feel comfortable in supporting this product and in supporting the organization and by virtue, John Stanton, don't do it, right? Sure. Uh, I'm a realist, and the answer is no. There, yeah, I mean, at straight. the end of the day, that yeah, at the end of the day, there's there's really nothing you can do. You can't force him to sell. It's yeah. not going to happen. Like, he's not going to sell. So, really, it's like, at that point, you have two options. It's you don't be a fan of the team right or you just kind of hope for the best and that's not to like suck up to john stanton or excuse him or anything like that that's that's just the reality of what the situation is because he's not he's not going anywhere that coward wants to come on the show i'll read him the right act like i'm not afraid of john stan we have no relationship with the mariners none so uh but the simple fact of the matter is is that he's you know a very rich guy and, and rich guys don't do anything that doesn't make them money yeah. Uh, not to put too fine a po- point on it. So if you stop showing up, he'll spend less. Like this isn't a right. thing. And and you know, I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd love for John Stan to you know for us a year from now to be like, wow, look at John. He really stepped up. And and as a result, you know, yeah. and we'll give him credit when he does. But so far, he hasn't. There's zero proof that he has. There's zero proof that he will. Uh, you know, you gave him the 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 biggest surplus, you know, in, in baseball last year. Like he yeah. he his the team he owned made more money, more profit than any other team in baseball. Yeah. last year and what did he do he built luxury suites that none of us are ever going to sit in like who cares? he built a parking lot like who cares man like right. this this is put it in, put it in the team and he hasn't done that yet so yeah. no and, and part of the problem is the media role is that seattle the mariners own root sports which is what all the mariners games are played on uh so really it comes down to you know is there anything ryan divish can do to you know or any of those guys can do to yeah embarrass them so much that they they spend money no there, there's not so um right. you know my my philosophy on this is always just you know i just all i can do is just stand here and keep poking them with a stick until they listen like 
you're going to pay attention to us because we're going to keep poking you and bugging you. We're going to be enough of a nuisance that you'll eventually have to either answer us or you'll have to, you know, put up or shut up essentially. So that, that's really all you can do, man. Keep poking with a stick, keep prodding. Um, and, and, you know, you hope for the best, but, um, yeah, you know, uh, it's our team, but John Stanton owns it because there's a terrible structure between a fan base. There's a terrible relationship between a fan base and the team. And, uh, if you don't believe me, you could go ask Oakland A's fans how they feel. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, Colby and I recognize our role in this um as content creators covering the team and it's you know it's a small role but it's still a role nonetheless and we're not going to shy from criticizing them there's been this whole misconception created that we're like bootlickers for the mariners organization dude i don't care right like i don't care about building connections or whatever like i'm i'm just a guy who talks about his favorite baseball team on the internet that's it mm-hmm. and like i'm that's all I care about. I want I want to win. I want to get on this show one day and talk about a World Series. I would love that's what I want to do more than anything here. I want that more than having Jerry Depoto on the show or having John Stanton on the show or having any of the players on the show. I want to win. That's what yep. I want to do the most. I want to celebrate that with you guys. And that's all I care about at the end mm-hmm. of the day. By the way, guys, real fast before we transition i did a mm-hmm. free episode of our patreon show hey. it is available wherever you get or well it's available on patreon link will be in the description and all that stuff uh but it basically outlines what we're talking about here about um you know how ty and i plan to uh attack the off season and, and hold people accountable uh right. this this winter so go listen to that if you haven't already for a more in-depth talk again this one is free and if you want to help us out you know It'd be nice. We would greatly appreciate it. So yeah, it, it, I'll put a link down below uh, in the yep. description. You're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on the first mailbag Monday of the off season. Get back into these questions. Alex wants to know, should the front office look to move on from Eugenio Suarez this off season or wait one more year to make a decision on third base? Should they look? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Will they actually do something about that or should they given the market? Probably not. I, I would bet heavily on Gino being your starting third baseman in 2024 still. Um, sure. But that aside, he ran a 392 slugging percentage this year with a 31% K rate. That's just not good enough from, from your third baseman, no matter how good the defense is. And yes, the defense was great this year. And Gino, like Gino, the person, love him. Amazing. One of the mm-hmm. best Mariners just on a personal level that we've seen in, in quite some time. Right up there with Nelson Cruz. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, Gino, the baseball player has to be better and specifically the hitter, given the position that he plays and given the fact that this like, cause like you can survive with him putting up a season like this offensively, but you have to make up for it in another, uh, at another spot that you typically don't get that kind of production from. And right now the Mariners have neither working for them. So you just need Gino to produce more at the plate. Uh, as a as your starting third baseman, but are, is there going to be an option for you to to fix that? Mm, maybe not, because like Matt Chapman, isn't it? I know a lot of people are like Matt Chapman. Go get Matt Chapman. Matt Chapman was good for the month of April, and then he's been an utter disaster. Like ask he's, Blue Jays fans. Blue Jays fans are yeah. ready to say goodbye to him. Yeah, he's worse than Gino. Yeah. Um, you know, after April, so. Yeah, um, this is what I, I would say about Gino, and I know the question wasn't asked, but I'm going to shoehorn this here anyways. Right. Uh, Gino and Ty France, um, both yeah. of the corner guys. You got 30 home runs between your two corner guys, 33. 
that's not enough. Neither of them slugged 400. That's not enough. No amount of defense makes up for both of those guys not hitting for any power. Um, That being said, this is what I I would say. I don't think you have to replace Gino. I don't think you necessarily have to replace Ty France, but you can't count on them, right? You have to, uh, you, you have to, uh, allow yourself to be wrong on those guys and, and have a backup plan, uh, preferably somebody who can, who can handle both, but you know, whatever it is, like you can't just go in and be like, Gino is a starting third baseman. Ty France is a starting first baseman. No questions asked. And, and be like, we're going to run it back with the same bench too. And all that stuff. Nope. Nope. That doesn't work. So, nope. um, I can Gino be part of the solution to third base. Can Ty be part of the solution to first base? Yes, they still sure. can. Can they be the only solution? Can it be like those guys have to figure it out or we're screwed again? No, yeah. no, that is the difference. So no. uh, can the Mariners have a good off season where Ty France still kind of slates, you know, slots in as the first baseman and Gino is still the third baseman. Yes. If you go get Jameer Candelario who could play both and he's going to DH, you know, and, and all that, like you have to protect right. yourself and, and right. having Dylan Moore on your roster is not protecting yourself at third yeah. first. Uh, Sam Haggerty, Jose Caballero. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, and look, I'm not asking you for, I'm not asking for this team to go out and get like eight players, eight new players, No, but get like three to four new starters and push everyone else to your bench. Like Josh Rojas should be like a, a utility guy like you're like one of your primary yeah like one of your primary utility guys and there's nothing wrong with that he's still nope. going to get a lot of playing time like it's he's going at, to, he's going to get 300 400 at bats yeah. you know yeah. play four or five times a week you just and rojas can be part of your solution at third base too by the way yeah i think a big i think a big error is gino playing 162 games gino should be the last mariner in, in the franchise's history to play every game of a season yeah it's stupid it, it has yeah. no value so yeah well while i applaud him for doing it like right. overall it's it's, it's really it's really stupid it's nobody really on your stupid. team should play more than 140 ish games yeah yeah because you could see it you could see the wear and tear mm-hmm. very clearly and i'm and not gonna talk- blame all of that on on that no, but you know? still you, can you there's about 22 23 weeks in a in a regular season every player should have at least a day off yeah. per week 100%. And the fact that the one day that he wasn't in the lineup, he still played that night in Cincinnati. Yeah. No. No. All right. Got a couple more questions here before we wrap up today's show. Kip wants to know, last minute mailbag question, even if the M's land Shohei, will it be enough? Related, if they do, what will the M's do with a regular DH? Could Shohei play first? LOL. Uh, so is Shohei enough? No. And we are going to say this a lot this offseason. If you are going to go after Shohei Otani, you have to be willing to do more. And this is a John Stanton thing. You cannot go to Jerry Depoto and Justin Hollander and say, all right, here's the $45 million or whatever the hell it's going to take to, to land him in 2024. And that's it. That's all you get. You get Shohei, and, and that's basically your offseason. You figure out the rest with, with scraps. You try and trade on the cheap and all that stuff and try to build a roster that way. No. If all you get is basically the money it will take to land Shohei in 2024, you use that on multiple things. You use that on bulk rather than than Shohei. You use that to go and get, like we just talked about with Teo, you use that to go get yourself a high leverage reliever. You use that to go get you a corner outfielder. You use that to go get you a Jameer Candelario or someone like that who can help on the corner infield. You get a bunch of two to four win players. Well, 
two to three win players more so instead of just the big you know six win yeah. guy uh-huh. uh yeah no Shohei's not enough and if you think it is welcome back to 2018 that was yep. a lot of fun wasn't it uh yep. no nope Shohei's not enough uh yep. so again it, this is one of the issues we have when you talk about you know go get otani it's like okay yes but do you have trust in the ownership to go do more Right. Because you're not adding Shohei Otani to this lineup. And, and again, you're only getting hitter Otani. No, he can't play first base. He can't throw yeah. uh, next year. DH only. Yeah. What do the Mariners do? At D- Well, Otani's the DH. He DHs every day. He's healthy. He's <laughs> just the DH. Like, yeah. you, just, you have less at-bats to go around. For and, 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 and that's fine. And that's fine because it's Shohei yeah, Otani. The bat is more than good enough. Like, <laughs> it's Shohei Otani. Like if, if you get prime Nelson Cruz for the DH, like you're not like, oh, man, I really wanted to get Dylan Moore some at-bats out of the DH yeah. spot. What do I do? Nothing. You just roll with prime, like screw Dylan Moore, screw whoever, Sam Haggerty, like whatever. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the DH thing's not really an issue. Uh, it's just the money is, is like, will you do more? Because to answer the question as bluntly as possible, no, Shohei Otani is not enough. You still need a backup catcher. You still need a, somebody who can play first and third every day. You still need an outfielder or two. You still need a high leverage bullpen arm. You still need a number four, number five starter. Like you can get all that with the money you would give to Otani. So no. Yeah. So this is the issue ultimately with going after guys like Otani and Juan Soto because Soto is going to cost you about $35 million this year if you trade for him. Uh, And plus, you're going to have to replace whatever you give up in a Soto deal, right? Like if that, you know, random account on Twitter is close to the mark and saying that it might take you, you know, Miller and Kelnick, et cetera. Like, again, let's just use that for an example. You're going to have to go replace those guys. And you're going to need, you're probably going to need at least a little bit of money to do that. And if Stanton's like, well, you spent $35 million on Soto, sorry, that's about it. That's about all I'm willing to write a check for. So you just, you don't go after one Soto at that point. And that's not a Jerry DePoto issue. That's not a Justin Hollander issue. That's an ownership issue. So let's make that very, very clear. Again, we're going to have this conversation a lot this off season. So we'll, we'll be sure to reiterate that quite a bit. All right, next question here from the Black Han Solo, which is a great name. Uh, is the front office petty enough to put Cal on the trade block for his comments? No, no. That would be a PR nightmare, first and yep. foremost. I don't think that John Stanton is that stupid, right? Because Jerry DePoto and Justin Hollander, they're not going to be the ones that drive that, uh, that, that effort if that were to happen. That would be a Stanton thing. Um, I don't think that he's stupid enough to do that. Also, the Mariners need Cal Raleigh. They need him more than whatever they would get for Cal Raleigh. Yep. So. Nope. It's not going to happen. Um, I do think Stan's dumb enough to consider it, though. Uh, or uh, maybe not dumb is not the right. Petty. Uh, because if, sure. if Stanton, you know, had any uh, sense whatsoever, he should have come out yesterday and be like, Cal's right. Cal's right. I need to do more. I'm going to. Yeah. And it would have well, been that. That would have been that. We know he's a coward, though. He's too much of a coward. We know that the reason that that Cal had to apologize was because somebody in somebody in Stanton's inner circle made it known that I expect an apology for that. Yeah, because, again, there's a zero percent chance Scott did that. I think it's highly unlikely that Jerry uh, did that because Jerry's never had an issue with letting players, you know, take shots at him. Kyle Seeger took huge shots at Jerry DePoto and Jerry. Nothing. Jerry never, never once sent, never threw him back. under the bus, never, yeah. never shot back. He just, okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, we respect Kyle and, and, you know, we, we wish him luck in retirement. That's what he said after, after, after Kyle tried to like salt the grounds of Carthage after he burned it down. What did Jerry do? We wish him luck. You know, he's a great player. He had a great career. Yeah. 
So I, I don't think this is a Jerry or, or Justin thing either. I think this comes up from higher than even those guys. And there's only a couple people higher up in the, in, you know, the Mariners organization than Jerry DePoto. It's Stanton and it's the board. Yep. That's it. That's it. Jerry's second in command, at least as far well, as, you know, baseball ops goes. It's a distant uh, second though. <laughs> yeah. It's a distant second. Stanton uh, and his cronies have all the power. Yeah. 100%. But that definitely came from the top. Mm-hmm. Um, but do I think that Stanton will go as far as to demand that Cal get be traded this offseason? No. no, no, not going to happen. Uh, last one from CNC Talks. Uh, do you do there need to does there need to be changes to the coaching staff and or front office? Uh, I assume that you're specifically asking about service and, and Depoto. We don't have time to go down that whole rabbit hole. The, the very the basic answer, answer is, is no. no. Uh, coaching staff changes in general, though, I think it might be time Maybe. to move on from Manny Acta. At third base coach. <laughs> As third base coach, at least. Like, maybe not entirely, you know, on the coaching staff. I like Manny. Like, nothing against Manny. But his, like, his sins this year at, at third base were were rough, to put it lightly. Right. If if I were a man, if I were, like, the general manager randomly of a team that needed a manager, uh, this, you know, I Manny Acta would be on my short list. Yeah, like, 100%. Yeah, The absolutely. dude gets it. He's a, he blends the, the new flavor with the old flavor very, very well. He's... Yep bilingual which is a huge plus and and he kind of acts as a go-between like manny acta has tremendous value i just don't know if third base is where he's gonna give you that value um and you know look it's it's a tough job right nobody cares when you send a guy and he's safe but when you don't do it and and the guy's out by 10 feet like you're fired like it's it's crazy difficult but i just think his talents are better better used elsewhere but uh yeah you know i don't know i don't know do there's a need to be a hitting coach change maybe I don't know. Maybe who knows? I, how would again, I know? But again, yeah. that's such a that's such a common oversimplification by fans to be just like fire well, the mean, hitting coach; it'll fix everything. It's nope. It's Nobody probably. wanted to fire the hitting coach after July, uh, after the All Star break, until about you know a week ago. So yeah, you see, it just it doesn't matter. The, the so. fire Scott service crowd like died out until things got bad again. Like it just yeah, grow up. All right. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen here on Mailbag Monday. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.